the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. For this building, to find out the electrical, the plumbing, how it was built, why is it falling apart, whatever it is, all right, they know where to go. Do you know where the belly of the belly of the beast is? Do you even care? Probably not, all right? But the guys, when we have a problem with our facilities here, they want to know where the plans are because it's where the belly of the belly of the beast is. They need those plans. Well, you've been left with some plans. I'm going to give you two plans that you're left with rather than a whole bunch of them. But if you hang on to these two plans, then you've got the best of the schematic for what will help you as a person, a partner, a parent, a provider, as well as corporately together as a church. Number one, you've been given the Word of God. In fact, Scripture says that it's a light and a lamp. One is for right in front of you, and the other is as you keep walking forward so you don't stumble to get to the next objective. So you've been given the Word of God. That is your plan. That is your object book. Now, when I say that, I am not going to spend the rest of this morning hammering you about the Word of God and the plan that you have. You guests that are in, you're going to think, oh, he just gave it a lick of a promise and he moved on. It's not important. Spent ten and a half years teaching the Word of God, verse by verse, word by word, to the folks here. They got it. I just want to remind you, that's all. I'm not trying to tell you to do it because you don't. I'm trying to tell you to keep doing it because you know it. Just remember, the Word of God is your plan. The Bible goes above any type of study booklet that you have, any type of commentary you have. The Word of God is always on top. That's your plan. I do want to speak to the second part of the plan that you're left with. You are left with what we might call a spiritual leadership team, a pastoral team that you're left with. Now, why am I saying that? Because if you're going to follow the plan, the Word of God, now God says... To his people that through the plan I have given you shepherds to teach you, like to feed you, to lead you, to care for you, to model, manage, and mentor you, I've left you with some shepherds. Going back to what I said in my first blessing is I would not leave you if I felt like the word of God wasn't taught correctly here and Jesus wasn't worshipped with passion and love. Nor would I leave you if I didn't have confidence in the people who will lead you long after I'm gone. Now let me be very transparent with you. Um, Starting with an illustration. You that are older will understand what I mean. Do you know what a flea circus is? How many remember what a flea circus is? I don't mean the fleas in the back of your dog, but a flea circus. A flea circus is where these guys could actually train fleas to do little things. Back in the 
30s and the 40s and the 50s, you could go to a regular circus, they'd have a tent, and then you could come around this big table, and they had all these fleas doing different things in this little box kind of things, and they called that the flea circus. Oh, this is going to be dangerous. How many of you remember, whether or not you went, a flea circus and hearing about a flea circus? Would you raise your hand? Oh, thank you, Lord. All right, I'm not making that up. But the big question is, is how come those fleas... Um, stay in that box. They never jump out and jump on you like when you take your dog to the dog park and your dog gets fleas, you get fleas, everybody in your house gets fleas. How, how does it jump but not in this box? Because when they get the flea to start with, they put them in a much smaller container and they put a lid on the container. And those fleas, yep, they do what fleas do. They jump. And they hit that thing, 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 hit that thing. And pretty soon they realize, I ain't going to jump no more. I keep hitting that thing, hitting that thing. So then they take the lid off and so now the fleas all stay here. So you can start your own flea circus. Aren't you glad you came here today? <laughs> so going back to leadership. There comes a point in the, in the life of a, of a ministry, a church, or even a person. That subtly that leader can become the lid on a ministry. Where you guys are wanting to j- jump. You know, I don't mean crazy jump, but move forward. Do some really great things. But, but I could be the lid on that. Some of that's due to age. My eyesight, some of you are aware of that. You know, and it's selfish of a leader to stay longer than he needs to stay just because he's loved and he don't want to hurt people or he feels like he's um, you know, uh, uh, building an empire he's got to keep his name going or he's got this thing really going there's this inner thing of uh, they can't make it without me and so they become the lid on the group probably in the mid course of my life of doing ministry I came to the point that I committed to the Lord that I will not be a lid on the ministry I would not hold him back That doesn't mean that um, the lid is useless. It just means that there's a point when the lid can hold the ministry back. And so now the Lord, through prompting in my heart, Carol's heart, was saying, these people aren't putting a a lid on me. They're holding me back from doing great and mighty things. -uh, Nah, uh-uh, uh-uh. Never felt that. Don't believe that. But I didn't want to be a lid on you all. You say, what about those old guys that are able to do these great ministries? They're there. They're 60, 70, 80. Tongue in cheek. They should get out. They should should start slowing down, giving that baton to somebody else. I'm not judging. I'm just thinking. It's possible. Could they be? The other thing is large ministries has large trained, well-oiled staff that they just basically preach and do some special little things, but they don't carry the day-to-day. Did you bring in the trash can so the neighbors don't get mad because we didn't lift them out an extra day? You know, they don't carry any of that stuff. Okay, don't want to be a lid. So let's talk about the leaders that God has left you with that is a little bit higher, so you can jump a little higher, that you can go a little bit further and be a greater presence on this island. Let's talk about Pastor Scott for a moment. The transition team did an outstanding job going through the process of grieving our loss, their loss of us, and then going to figure out how to get a new person playing by the rules prayerfully, carefully, and all that they needed to do. And then Scott came through the the grid, we'll call it, of the vetting process. And then he was selected. 
I'm comfortable with the selection process. I'm comfortable with the selection team that worked it out. And I'm very comfortable with the person that was selected. I'm comfortable with you all because you have on your own major stepped up to pray and seek God for the guy that the Lord would bring here. You did your part right. They did their part right. God always does his part right. And we have to believe that Scott and Fiona did their part right by praying and seeking counsel and doing all that they did. So this marriage of this coming together is perfect. So God's wonderful plan for this church is coming through your leaders. I have something here that uh, I did not share with your pastor. It is a private letter that was given to me on January the 7th. That's when it was written. I got it probably a week later. It was actually sent to me personally, Pastor Dennis and Trevor Brown. Trevor headed up the transition team, so that's why he got it. Maybe you didn't. So although it's meant for them, I feel like it is very important that you hear this letter. It's all about Scott. I wanted you to hear this letter because I wanted to put a stamp on Scott that came from his senior pastor that was written to us. Not intended to kind of beef you all up so you'd vote in, Scott. It was just written to us from another pastor. Something I would do if one of my guys left. And by the way, let me tell you, if nobody wants your staff, you don't want your staff. You got what I'm saying? So let me read this letter to you. This will define for you from a person who's known Scott longer than we have in the very setting that he is now with you, albeit not the senior role. Here's what he says. I have served with Scott for the last five years. As he is leaving us and embarking on a new season of ministry with you, I wanted to take a moment to brief you on exactly what you're going to get with Scott Custer. First, and let's get this out of the way, he's saying. I didn't say that. Scott is the second best Custer. You're receiving Fiona, a woman of joy, depth, and life. Fiona's fantastic partner for Scott, whether she is leading on stage, like she did today, leading in the community, or leading and loving alongside him in their home. Together, this team loves others, shares Christ, and is fully engaged in the ministry of their kids. We tried to work out a deal where Fiona could stay with us and commute to be with Scott, but we just could not do that. We will miss the brightness of Fiona brought to our worship, to our relationships, and to our congregation. And I'm excited to think about them serving together in your community. And now he moves to Scott. And in Scott, you're getting a leader. A fully, I fully believe he is ready and up to the challenge of humbly walking with God and with your congregation. I have seen him lead with grace, patience. He listens to others. He rolls up his sleeves and he works hard. He has been one of the few go-to guys I have trusted to hand over a project or a system and know that he will tackle it and own it and even make it better. Also with Scott, you're receiving a teacher who will, I love this part, accurately handle the word of God. He will preach the word with grace and truth. I love that order, grace first, then truth. I have loved being able to sit on the front row under his teaching and trust him to take our congregation to God through the word. May you enjoy hearing God speak as Scott opens the book. I could go on and on about Scott's gifts and talents, but let me tell you what you are really getting. This part is equally as important as the other. You'll know why when I read it now. Scott is a man who holds my highest value. He has a teachable spirit. 
I have come to believe that the greatest shepherds are those willing to humble themselves and learn from Christ. Be that through listening to others, submitting to authority, or be willing to dive into the messy and murky soul work we all need. Scott has such strong gifts, it can be easy to overlook that underneath that is a heart hungry to grow and change and correct. I have seen Scott do this time and again over these last few years, and I believe the greatest asset he brings to your church is that he will lead you out of the leading of Christ and what Christ is doing in him. So, Pulpit Rock blesses your church as we release Scott and Fiona, who do so re- we do so reluctantly only because we are sorry to see them leave. But we do take solace that we are commissioning them as servants to this new assignment. And we will celebrate the ministry that God will do through your partnership with the Custers for the many years to come. And it's signed Pastor Thomas Thompson on behalf of the Elder Staff Congregation of Pulpit Rock Church, Colorado Springs. So I hope you go to Colorado Springs and when you're there at times you'll um, go to that church and tell them, Na, 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 na. We got Scott. No, don't do that. Don't do that. No. In Christian love, of course. Don't do that. But be sure to thank him for that. But he's not alone. He also has Dennis. My list of that great man of God could go on and on, but I've only picked out a few. I know Dennis real well. We've laughed together. We've cried together. We've had very few, I don't even call them arguments. Let's just call them disagreements. And when we disagree, He was the one who was right. You that have been in this church the last 10 years, you know he is the good cop and I'm the bad cop. You know that. But here's what I'd like to say. Dennis is the one who has grace. He speaks with grace. He chokes up with grace. He stumbles to find his words because he wants to make sure he's saying them gracefully and graciously. He is my brother. I have a brother, but not like the brother that I have with Dennis. He's a co-laborer. I can remember many a days and nights that we'd be the last one here, first one here. The ones who'd be carrying the, the stuff around, doing ministry together. I can remember the night that I had my life threatened right outside here. And Dennis came all the way from Makakilo with the police and all that. So together we could work that out. I'll tell you that story in a moment. But the point being is that He is a dear friend and a co-laborer. But he's also a soldier. He's not just a puppet of Stan Ponds. He won't drink Kool-Aid for me. He's a soldier for you all. And I'll miss him. And then we have the deacons. I have never served with a greater group of deacons. Not only are they godly. Not only are they teachable and learning in their process. Some of them are young. But I've never served with a group of guys that were not yes men. They spoke their mind. They gave their opinion. They shared their thoughts. Sometimes different than that. But at the end of the day, everybody was in the unity room. We ended the session and I never in 10 years, except maybe the first year, never in 10 years experienced guys that would go out with a sense of love, respect, and joy, and safety. When I went to a meeting, I never was worried about looking over my shoulder, worrying about what they said. Would they have a private meeting? I always was concerned that I would not mess up what those guys were wanting to do together as a family. I said all that now to say this though. In Hebrews chapter 13 and 7, 
17, chapter 13, verse 7 and 17. It talks about obeying and following those that have the spiritual rule over you. The game plan is, the plan of spiritual authority is through elders, shepherds, and pastors. So when God speaks, you want to listen to the pastoral team. And know that they have with them a group of godly men who went through a process, the best process that I know, to make sure the right guys get in the right job without any favoritism being shown. So they have those guys for accountability, but also to help them do their work. So when I leave, don't worry about it. Just listen to them. Follow them. Give your points. Give it to the Lord and let them work it out. They won't be making decisions unilaterally to build their own personal empire. So that's number two. Let me go to number three now. Number three is God has left you, is people to show love to. When we leave, I want you to know as you look over the congregation, there are a lot of people here, a lot of people that couldn't be here today, but he has left you a group of people to love on. I've given you chapter 13, verse 34, 35, and it talks about how will they know we're disciples of Christ since we love one another. But I wanted to also give you the one in 15 that said that this commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. That's a commandment. It's not a choice. It's not, oh, if I want to, well, no, no, we've got to do that. But I want to make it more practical. What would that love really look like? How would it really be shown? Listen carefully. God has given you spiritual gifts. Let me broaden that. He's given you a shape. He's given you your spiritual gifts, teaching, service, whatever. There's seven motivational gifts. He's given you a spiritual gift. But he has also planted within each one of you that know Christ as your Savior a particular passion for something. For example, Fiona has the passion she thoroughly enjoys singing. When she can, when she's available, when she has practice, she likes to sing. And that's a good thing. You have your own passion. Some people are passionate about making sure that our accounting is right. Some are passionate that we get our graphics right. There's a passion about them. Some are passionate for the homeless. Some are passionate for uh, the down and outer. Some are passionate for the up and inners. You're passionate. Some in this group have certain abilities. These abilities are things that God has given to you. We might call them talents. These are things that you had a penchant for, but you also were quickly able to learn. I think of people like Amelia on the piano. She can make any honky-tonk piano sound like a classical piano. There's a talent there. There's an ability. You have abilities. Every one of you have abilities. And then I think about a personality. Some of you are outgoing and you like to be around people. Some of you are outgoing but you like to get a task done. So you're like a drill instructor. Get the job done but task. You're outgoing. Then you have those that are passive. They like to be all by themselves on a task. Maybe work at the computer. They like to work with numbers. Leave me alone. I can only focus on one thing. Maybe that's you. And then there's others that are passive. But they like to work one-on-one. Don't give me the microphone. I don't want to share a testimony. I don't want to lead a Bible study. But I have no problem coming alongside you and sharing something with you. You have personality. And then there are some of you that have experiences that others don't have. Carol and I can tell you what it's like to be married for 46 years. Some of you will never be able to say that. We can tell you what it's like to adopt two kids, seven and ten, that had fetal alcohol syndrome. You could never do that. All those that we went through is anything that we did. It's the experience that God gave to us. Some of you can tell us an experience over a lost child at birth. Over coming home and finding that half of the closet is empty because your mate left you. 
Some of you can talk about an experience of a lost business. Or what it's like to be in battle in Afghanistan. Those are experiences. This church is loaded with technicolor surround sound of shapes of people. And God has given us that opportunity to love each other. He also with that has given us the opportunity to, um, to see each other in levels of maturity. You know we like to say I love you where you are but I also love you enough not to leave you there. I want to help you get to the next level. So this church needs you to love each other. Another one is that he's given you a group of people that really do want to go on. Scripture talks about when the shepherd leaves, watch out because the sheep will scatter. That can happen. It often happens. Some will use that as a time, well, he's not like, they're not like. Let me tell you this. Scott knows the same book I do. We love the same Lord together. We love people together. We love our calling together. We're going to be faithful to our marital vows together. We got all of that. But I'm going to tell you, Scott is different. If you agree with that, say amen. Okay. He wears jeans on Sunday. I would never wear jeans on Sunday. All right. But that doesn't make him wrong. Watch very carefully. After a pastor comes into a church, he has a couple of years that he really struggles. By the seventh year, the people become his. By the tenth year, that's when you settle in and, hey, we're rocking and rolling. In my way, the highway. You know, no, it all goes that way. Okay, I said all that. Now, really what's happening is more this. He has a personality. He has that shape. God made him. He's there. Certain people don't like that shape. Okay, bye. The rest of, oh, I like that shape. So they come, and now we settle in over this. Now, that pastor leaves... And here's the great caution to you. Is by subconsciously only allowing Scott to shepherd you with my shape instead of his shape. If you got that, say, uh-huh. All right. That wasn't loud enough. Did you get that? All right. Don't, don't think that he now has to be a carbon copy of me. In fact, some of you are smiling right now. And you know what you're saying? I know it. I can read your mind. Pastors go to that course to learn how to do that while they're preaching. Here's what you're thinking. And I'm so glad he's not like Pastor Stan, you know. I know what you're thinking. Okay. So I want you to know, let Pastor Scott lead you. Watch this. With the sovereign shape that God made him, that you prayed for him to come here. He prayed to be here. He is God's man for you. And you just might miss something great. So give him that time. Last about the people to love on. There are people here that really need you. There's a lady who's been coming to our church as frequently as she can. She works in the morning on the other side of the island. She jumps in her car. She gets here after maybe the singing and halfway through my message, but she rarely ever misses. She and her husband gave themselves to this island to people who were sick in the medical field and just tried to make life better for them. Her husband dies just about like that. She's left with now an adult child living with her who's mentally challenged, who is blind in one eye, who came to me last night up here afterwards and together Carol and I allowed her to just pour her tears on our, on our shoulders and said that her daughter now is going blind. It is blind in the other eye and has surgery tomorrow to try to give any bit of sight to this child. Who do you leave this adult child with? Mentally challenged, blind, and still have to provide. And she's right here. 
how can you go somewhere else to go do something when you got someone right here that really needs you? She never said, Stan, make that announcement. Tell people to help me. She just says, oh, oh. And we prayed. I could sleep last night knowing that God will take care of her. And I pretty well slept knowing that you'll be there for her. And it's not a one-time bring her a dish of food. It's going to take the rest of their lives. They're going to need constant help in some measure. Not total codependence, all that stuff, but they need something. I'm thinking about a man who came by this week. He's a lion in our church. Been here longer than I have. 40 years in this church. Was on the deacon board when I came. Took over the books in our church here. Wife is a sweet lady. For the early eight years I was here, she'd always remind me. Every time I saw her, she'd look at me and say, You're here because of me. Remember that. You're here because of me. I prayed for you and I told people that you should be here. There were a couple of days I thought, Lady, who are you praying to? But anyway. But now I have to tell you, she has full-blown dementia. She doesn't know her husband hardly at all, ever. Doesn't know me. She'll look at a magazine, but she doesn't even know she's looking at a magazine. This man says, I will not put my wife in extended care. I will take care of this lady. He needs you. We got a boatload of caregivers in this church that are taking care of parents that are now, health is so deteriorated. They need as much help as those people sometimes do. So why am I telling you that? If you really love one another, yeah, we would want to have the biggest church on the island of the country and be all over the magazines, but in reality, I would rather help. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us Make It Clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.